Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's the Friday News Roundup. I'm with CityCast Francesca DeBecco and Mallory Falk talking all about the stories we couldn't get enough of this week. It's Friday, August 26th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Have we tried recording this outside earlier at Cafe Tano in the Strip District, but it didn't work out. Um, There was construction. There was a puppy and on National Dog Day, of all things. We just got distracted. The day got away from us. Anyway, so we're here today with all of our dog lovers uh, on the team. Newsletter editor Francesca DeBecco. Hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday. And producer Mallory Falk. Hello. Mallory, what story can you not get enough of this week? Yeah, it's a story about free transportation for some Pittsburghers. Um, So you've probably heard about the concept of universal basic income, that idea that everyone should get a set amount of money every month Mm -hmm. to cover their basic needs. I don't know if that's actually successfully been implemented anywhere, but it's definitely, you know, a goal. A goal, yeah. It was something that, you know, Andrew Yang made a big deal about in his... uh, uh, campaign for president if we've got any Yang gang members out there listening to the pod. Um, <laughs> but so there's this other concept that's kind of similar called universal basic mobility. And it's the idea that everyone should have the resources to meet their transportation needs. And now Pittsburgh's going to test out this concept. It's launching mm-hmm. a year-long pilot program that provides free transportation to 50 low-income residents. And the idea is to study whether free transportation essentially improves the quality of life for the people who participate in this pilot, like whether their health improves, their access to jobs, um, even their social lives. That seems like all of that would improve because better access to transportation is better access to a better life, right? Yeah. I mean, it just uh, having easier accessibility changes your life tremendously. Um, you know, whether you can get to your job, doctor's appointments, a grocery store, like, seems like a no brainer. Yeah, you know, studies have found that, you know, across the US, poor households spend, you know, a higher percentage of their incomes on transportation than more affluent ones. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. So I imagine this is sort of a proof of concept. Um And, you know, maybe a way to study which modes of transportation people actually choose and how they use them, which I guess could be helpful with a larger rollout. So in this study, like, or this trial, what counts as transportation? Like, are we talking about PAT buses? Um, Yeah, we're always going to call them PAT buses. (laughs) Um, Or um, can people like zip around on scooters for free? Are they including those forms of transportation? Yeah, it's not just traditional public transportation. Um, So people in the program, they can ride the bus or the light rail for free, but they can also order zip cars, use those city bikes, those pogo bikes, um, and spin scooters. And spin is actually helping fund this pilot. Um, It's putting $50,000 into the project, and then the Mellon Foundation is contributing $200,000. 
50 people's not a lot. Um, so how's the city choosing who gets to be a part of it? Yeah, the pilot's launching in a couple neighborhoods, Manchester and Chateau. Um, I guess the median income there is 14% lower than the city as a whole. Mm. And uh, the city's working with CMU and the Manchester Citizens Corporation, um, and they're going to recruit the participants. Um, and so in order to participate, you have to be receiving some form of government assistance you can't have regular access to a personal car, and you have to be either looking for a job or looking to work more hours or interested in finding a new job. So there are some strings attached to participate, partly because researchers want to see what effect this has on people's employment. Well, yeah, I used to live in Manchester, and I can really see how this would improve people's lives there. It does feel a little... Um siloed i think over in manchester and in the north side it, it you know bridges right, and, like and things where the like that highway really do separate is. us yeah. yeah francesca i'm curious during your time there did you take much public transportation like what 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 options actually exist there? Because one thing I've been thinking about with this is it's one thing for people to you know, have free transit, but also there needs to be options for people. So I'm curious you know, what you use to get around over there. Yeah, I mean, I took the T a lot. I lived really close so that I could walk and go into the city. At the time I was um, you know, studying at Point Park, I had a job downtown. Um, so that was my main form of transportation. You can pick up a bus over there. Um, but as far as like, you know, other options, like I don't believe they had like the rental bikes or scooters over there at the time, like they didn't have stations for them. Um, definitely not in Chateau, um, not that I know of, uh, but, it, but it really does feel kind of cut off. And um, even just getting from like that side of the north side over to like the giant eagle on the other side near Deutschtown right. would be really helpful for people to have that accessibility. Yeah. Is this is Pittsburgh the first city to to try this out? It's not the first, but this does not seem to be very common. There are some pilots, um, especially in California. One launched in L.A. a few months ago, and that's focused on zero emissions options like e-bikes, a community electric shuttle bus, and expanding an electric vehicle sharing program. Um, there's also one in Bakersfield, California, and there they recruited current and former foster youth for the pilot. Um, you know, to see how this might help them um, have more employment opportunities. And then in Oakland, um, hundreds of residents are receiving these prepaid uh, $300 debit cards that they can use for transportation. So we're talking there about are Oakland, California, right? <laughs> yes, I yeah. apologize. Oakland, California. <laughs> Just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> Sorry to all our Oakland, Pittsburgh based <laughs> listeners. You're not getting those prepaid cards. <laughs> no. Not yet. Not uh, but yet. I think a lot yeah. of students get. Uh, well, they pay for it All in their the tuitions, students. but they have yeah. a bus pass at least. But yeah, yeah. they do yeah. pay for it. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll, you know, I'll be interested to see what they find with these first 50 participants and, you know, if this pilot is successful, kind of what the next wave looks like and if this is something we can see, like, really taking hold here. For another vehicle-related topic, uh, Francesca. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Um, is anybody here a fan of tiny homes? No. <laughs> Silence, crickets. I need more space than that. I need more space than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I like living in my full-sized home. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes, um, yes. 
<laughs> but I am just fascinated by them. I just think that their ingenuity and use of space is so neat. Didn't the city just announce something related to tiny homes this week? Yeah. I kind of missed the announcement, but what did they do? Yeah, so Pittsburgh City Council introduced legislation to address the public health emergency facing our unhoused neighbors. Um, The legislation includes a proposal to build tiny houses on 10 parcels of city-owned land. So anyways, that's why I wanted to bring up uh, this documentary screening that's coming to town this weekend. Oh, what's that? So if you've ever watched um, HGTV's Tiny House Builders, it's the host of that. Um, His name is Derek Diedrichson and filmmaker Alex Eaves are showing a film called The Box Truck Film, Building a Reuseful Home. Um, It'll be at Dormont's Hollywood Theater this Saturday and you can even see the house yourself. I just saw that theater because I was over in Dormont. Yeah, super cute. Yeah. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. Eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. I mean, I kind of feel like there's, you know, tiny houses are getting a lot of attention these days, you know, between housing issues, the cost of living, the environmental toll. So what's so special about this one or why should we be paying attention to this one? Yeah, well, the documentary follows how they transformed a 17-foot U-Haul moving truck into a 98-square-foot tiny house, and they used nothing but reused, repurposed, and dumpster-dived materials. What's like an example of something dumpster-dived? Dumpster-dove? <laughs> dumpster-dove. <laughs> dumpster-dove that they found. That, that they could use, yeah. <laughs> what, what treasures did they unearth? Yeah, well, apparently, like, everything from the floor to the insulation to the furniture, even the nails were pre-owned. For example, I saw in the trailer that the sink is made out of, like, an old lobster pot, so you can really make something from anything, it seems. It's kind Mm -hmm. of cool. I want to be so skeptical of all of it, but I do think it's great what they, they, uh, you know, are setting out to do. How long does this take, though, to build? Well... (laughs) It's tiny, uh, but it involved a lot of like clever work. So obviously sourcing materials and things like that. Um, But the entire build took about nine months total, which I don't really, I'm not a contractor. I don't know how to judge that, but that seems pretty quick to me. Yeah, it's fast. Okay. I mean, I kind of want to see this like repurposed lobster pot. I do too. <laughs> Same. I do too. Uh, you said it's like possible to get a tour of the house. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Well, <laughs> a very short tour. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but it's no, you don't you don't need to take a lot of time out of no. your schedule to, uh, to see this place. But it's gonna be at um, the reuse box truck road show at Construction Junction in Point Breeze from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Um, there's also gonna be demonstrations from the Pittsburgh Glass Center, food trucks, and a mobile mocktail bar. Okay, so for people who aren't familiar, now I am. Uh, but can you describe what Construction Junction is or if someone on the team hasn't been? Have Have any of either of you ever been there or have not been there? I have. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. It's the best. It's a huge <laughs> warehouse where they have used furniture and surplus building materials. So like everything from doors mm. to cabinets to tubs to light fixtures to toilets, like everything. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to do a home project on a budget and, you know, be eco-friendly, this is the place to go. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so this event really aligns with their mission of reusing materials that would, you know, otherwise end up in a landfill. Um, all right. I have to ask. You mentioned toilets. What's the deal there? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think it's the funniest part of the place. Like a bunch of Pittsburgh potties all lined up. And, you know, there's like a bunch of those 1950s pastel colored toilets. So covers the clamshell seats. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So if you're bored and you're amused by like treasure hunting at thrift stores and yard sales like I am, it's a really fun place to just kill some time. Well, you know, Pittsburgh potties, I think that's a pretty strong selling point for, you know, any um, high schoolers who might be considering <laughs> where to enroll. Enroll in college. It's a, it's a, it's in a college. selling point. You know, look, a transition's a transition and we got to take what we can get. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love the students it. are back. You know, Pitt, Duquesne, CMU, Carlo Chatham, uh, Robert Morris, I'm sh- Point, Point Park. Park. I'm trying to think of all the schools. Got yeah, a shout out. yeah. <laughs> all the schools are back uh, in Pittsburgh. So it is number one. It's a mess down here. Um, so stay inside all week. That's true. Look out for that traffic. Look out for the traffic. But I, you know, it's also very nice and welcoming. I'm sure the students are really enjoying it. We are. We are in the midst of uh, wooing a, a seed of uh, an NBA star. Anyways, I'm so confused, Morgan. <laughs> Please explain. So Duquesne <laughs> University has offered a a scholarship to LeBron James' youngest son. It's actually his first offer, um, Bryce James. He's pretty young. He's a sophomore in high school. Um, but this this kind of like tends to happen if you're a big star in high school. You know, sports is such a big commodity right now, particularly high school um, basketball. Most of these kids playing now are actually star, th- the children of uh, star players, like either they're one of their parents Nepo played. Nepo babies. <laughs> and we have to recruit them because we want them in our programs, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, it happens. Yeah, they, you know, you start sending out letters early because sometimes you never know. A family or a kid might be like, you know, I remember this school reached out to me first and that's where my loyalty and allegiance lies. So Duquesne is doing their best to get this budding star. Um, do we know, like, why Duquesne? I mean, I think Duquesne, number one, is trying to certainly throw their hat in a ring, you know, to be a very competitive team out here in Pittsburgh. we got a lot of schools and there's a lot of basketball teams. So, um, But on top of that, the now coach at Duquesne, um, Keith Dambrot, 
who used to coach at the at the college that I went to, Akron. Um, he and he was so lovely there. But he's the coach now at Duquesne for the Dukes, and uh, he used to coach LeBron's AAU team um, when LeBron was like a kid, which was like twenty years ago, which is crazy. Because oh wow, yeah. so maybe there's a special connection there, something. Maybe he'll have an influence to get him to be coached by his former coach or something. Absolutely. I mean, on top of, you know, LeBron is still very close with uh, Coach Dambrot and one of his really close friends that he played high school with, Drew Joyce III, is also uh, an assistant coach for Duquesne. So, you know, it's kind of like that that double aspect. You got a little bit of family there. So, you know, certainly they'd be able to look out for uh, for Bryce. So, you know, I'm a little ashamed to say I don't really follow D1 basketball or like a lot of basketball for that matter. Shame. (laughs) Um, But so like, you know, what what's Duquesne's team like? Like, do we actually have a decent team here? Like, is there any chance that I was gonna say, yeah, Duquesne does have a really good team, actually. Um, You know, year after year, they have players that play professionally, either overseas. Um, They've had players play for like national teams, their their national team in the Olympics. They've had uh, players go on to have very successful NBA careers like Norm Nixon, who if you don't know who that is and you watch the show on HBO uh, the Lake, about the Lakers uh, winning time, he's portrayed in that show. He's one of the players. All right, Duquesne, take your shot. So, you know, <laughs> Duquesne, Duquesne, yeah, you know, Duquesne, shooters got to <laughs> shoot. And Duquesne is out here shooting their shot. And I love it. Um, my sister went to Duquesne. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that did. They love the experience, that little school on top of the hill, it's really cool. And um, you know, if this is my pitch to get to get Bryce James here, you know, Pittsburgh is a great city, and um, and you can spend your weekends checking out Construction Junction, Construction <laughs> Junction, and looking at the pot where where all good potties go to die. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. It's a royal flush. Okay. <laughs> Our team this week includes Megan Harris, Mallory Falk, Francesca DeBecco, and me, Morgan Moody. Music is by Benji, who I saw last week. Uh, if you haven't yet, please vote for us in City Paper's Best of Pittsburgh poll. We've got a link in our show notes to the People and Places page. Just scroll down to the bottom to Best Podcast and give us your vote. All right, we'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. I'm just now always on the pod. Like, I'm not familiar with this Pittsburgh thing. (laughs) And everyone's like, boo, go back to Philly.